Welcome into another edition of Checkerboard Chat. I am Ryan Schumpert, co-sports editor here at the Daily Beacon, with joined by, as always, Noah Taylor, also co-sports editor at the Daily Beacon. Tennessee coming off a big win this past weekend. First, I guess, big win of the year. Second win of the season, first of a FBS opponent. They finally get that monkey off their back. They're the, first, they're the last Power 5 team to get a win over an FBS opponent, winning Saturday 20-10 to over Mississippi State as they will get ready for the challenge of facing number one Alabama this uh, this coming weekend when it's not going to be an easy one for the Vols. But you know what, Noah, just starting off, what were your overall takeaways from uh, this past weekend and Tennessee's uh, win over Mississippi State? Uh, well, it's a win that they really had to have. I mean, uh, looking at the schedule right here, we all know what's going to happen with Alabama, and we'll get to that in a minute. But now you get that win against Mississippi State, South Carolina looks a little bit more doable. Uh, UAB, you know, the game that Kentucky probably was going to win anyway, but, you know, feel a little better, better about that. You feel better about Kentucky and Vanderbilt. So, I mean, that the, the possibility of a bowl is still hard. It's, you know, hard yeah. to look at and say that it's going to be done, but it looks a little more doable now. So, I think it's a game where you don't have – the outlook changes completely now with, with a win against Mississippi State. You lose that game and you, you get – Whatever's going to happen to you against Alabama, I think Alabama can pick their score in that game. Um, so you have that next. And then uh, South Carolina would look a lot more bleak. Kentucky look good. So now you, you beat a Mississippi State team that you had to beat, got that out of the way, and you look good doing it. I mean, you didn't look perfect, but uh, I'd say it was a pretty dominating win. I think it was a little more dominating than the score made it look, yeah. the way the defense played especially. So, yeah, definitely a big win for them. Yeah, I definitely think. There was no doubt Tennessee was the better team on Saturday. Um, and it, it just kind of goes back to what we talked about last week. If you just don't know where things head, you know, internally in a locker room, if you drop that one, obviously I think we both agreed it'll drop this weekend's to Alabama. So a big win. The defense kind of, I don't know if I want to say come out of nowhere, but the defense line almost did, you know, seven, seven team sacks, ten tackles for loss, three interceptions, you know. They haven't put stats up like that against – Anybody this yeah. year, anybody really the past few years, right. let alone an SEC team. I think we both agree Mississippi State's offense isn't the best. Right. But still an impressive performance holding Kylan Hill to, you know, just 15 yards. Just a, a very, very strong, strong overall performance by that defense. Um, what were your thoughts on, you know, how Tennessee handled Brian Mauer's kind of injury and then the second half game offensive game plan with just very conservative. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's got to be one of the more. I mean, the defense stole the show, obviously. You know, when you hired, when they hired Jeremy Pruitt, he was obviously a defensive guy. That was his pedigree. That's what uh, you know you expected to be Tennessee's strong suit. And it really hasn't been. It finally looked like it was on Saturday, but the offense kind of was a big story too because Mauer second start for him uh, in an SEC game. Second start for him overall in his young career. Moved the ball well. I mean, yeah. he did. I mean, he but. The two turnovers there in the end zone were caught. I wouldn't say costly because Mississippi State didn't get anything out of them. But that's not something you want to keep doing. Yeah. Um, but you know they were they were throws that probably shouldn't have been made. I think the first one to Jennings, he just decided he was going to go to Jennings from the get go yeah. and, and didn't even think about looking anywhere else, which is a young you know young a young guy's mistake. You know, um, I think it's something he will learn to do. Or not to do, you know, as his career progresses. But I think in the in the second half, or really kind of there after his injury in the in the second quarter, was it nine straight running? Nine straight Tennessee, runs, yeah. Tennessee did so. At that point, 
you kind of knew it was going to be hard for Mississippi State to go the length of the field and, and score, which I guess they did once. Um, I can't remember where their scoring drive started, but nine yard line, I believe. Okay, so they yeah. went on a pretty good, pretty good drive. They got there. out there to the forty on the first play. They hit that right, little twenty yeah. yard pass and then had the target yeah. on toe toe. So, so that was kind of the only one they had in them for the day to get down there and try to score. So, um, <clears throat> kind of became you know a run, a run out the clock situation, yeah. which we joked about. But um, I think that Garantano came in and there was a little wariness. I think you wrote about this in your game recap. Showed shades of the BYU game. You know, it's a game you've controlled the whole way, through, most of the way through. But you know, was Mississippi State going to be able to come back and, and their offense move the ball when it mattered? And they never did, and that was big. And I think that Garantano came in, threw the ball, not a lot, but when he did, it was big. And, yeah. And it was on target, and it uh, they moved the ball when they had to. I think the most impressive thing was the touchdown by Bird. I don't think that they. I think they still would have won if they don't score a touchdown there. But the fact that they're able to shut the door on the game uh, with a big play like that and really put it away out yeah. of reach. I know Mississippi State drove it down later and had a chance to score, but was stopped. Um, I think that was huge. I think that was huge for their confidence. It was huge for the confidence of Garantano as well because, you know, fans may not want it. Want it <laughs> they obviously want Maurer. He's the guy. But you're probably going to see Garantano in a yeah. lot of those situations. So for him to come out and, and play the way he did was big for, for not just him, but for Tennessee's offense. Yeah, definitely. And like I like you were saying, like I wrote about, it was a drive that Tennessee fans have been waiting a long time to see. Just, you know, it's been a lot of cases they just need a couple first downs to put a game away. But, you know, obviously to go get a touchdown and to do it the way they did it in just yeah. a, such a non-2019 college football yeah. way of just – lining up in power and running it, you know, right at Mississippi State. And obviously they did have to get a third and long. They had to lean on Garantano a little bit, and he made the plays, you know, he needed to make for Tennessee to get the win. And just overall an impressive deal. But like you said, definitely think, you know, it looks like Mauer will play this week, yeah. but yeah. Tennessee's going to need Garantano to at least play yeah. snaps down the stretch. Now I don't know if they'll have to be starting games. They'll have to lean on him for a half. But right. you just look at Mauer's overall size and, the way he, you know, he, that was one thing I thought was impressive. We didn't see any in Georgia game, him running the ball. He ran the ball well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he also doesn't seem like he's too, you know, eager to slide in any of this situation. Yeah. So it looks and like he's. <coughs> and it showed with, with, with the concussion. I mean, he picked up, I think, 16 yards first down. I think it was on third down. Um, he made that run. And he did it twice on that yeah. drive. Picked up two big first downs. And, yeah, he's got to learn. Uh, to slide there, you know that's that's another young guy mistake, especially a guy who that's one of his strengths is running yeah. the football. So, um, I, I, another thing I think was really impressive I wanted to add there too was you saw a lot of guys contribute on offense who haven't all year. I think that was one of the more impressive things about the fact that Tyler Bird of all people yeah. was the guy to shut the door on that game, which shows you they're going to need that because. You know, Jawan Jennings isn't going to be able to do it for you all year. Marquez Callaway has, and I'm not saying that like they have been. You know, it's yeah. not exactly like those guys have been. You know, uh, I, Jennings has. Jennings has been yeah, for most part. Callaway, Callaway, yeah, Callaway's Callaway kind of been underwhelming and yeah. been covered and and not been able to be a, that big of a difference. So for new, fa- I say new faces, but new oldish faces to come out and, and be able to make a difference is big for Tennessee. I think that's something they're going to need going forward in a lot of games. Is just different guys to carry the load on offense. Absolutely, and I wouldn't even stop it at offense, really. I mean, yeah. the, it was the same way for the defense Saturday. Right. A lot of guys that 
you know, I, maybe we're playing snaps due to just pure necessity, but, you know, uh, Kevon Bennett got a sack, Matthew Butler got a sack, a lot of guys on it. Nigel Warrior's playing the best football of his career. I saw a stat maybe yesterday, was it, in his first three years at UT. I think he started a sophomore and junior year. He had four uh, pass breakups. Excuse me, five pass breakups. In the past two weeks against Georgia at Mississippi State, he's had four. And he's matched that interception total. He had one his first three years. He's had one the last two weeks, too, this season. So overall, a lot of – Kenneth George, another guy, people had kind of written off, you know, partly due to some off-the-field issues, but it's not like he had played a ton in his first – few seasons in Knoxville either Salon Page yeah. you know not that he was playing a ton he kind of had to was filled in their necessity wise once toe a toe and went out but he's a guy that's hardly played at all yeah in three years in Knoxville right. and he was able to give him snaps at least down the stretch you know not like I said it's kind of due to necessity but nevertheless still impressive and if Tennessee's going to make a bowl game if Tennessee's gonna finish this season strong it's gonna need to be it can't just be to prove it guys it can't just be yeah. the freshman the sophomores that they're relying on to, to make those plays. They need some of those older guys that they haven't gotten much from to continue to play at a higher level going forward. And if they're going to make a bowl game, I think that's really going to be why. Yeah. And I'll add to that, you know, I'm, I guess, you know, this is our second podcast. You all haven't heard it much. I'm a generally pretty negative person, especially when talking about Tennessee. But of kind of one thing positively, I think you look at the rest of the year, I think you start to see a little bit of a theme now. It's games that Tennessee's done done well. You know, Kentucky game last year, Mississippi State game this year, where the defense, BYU game, where the defense has really played well yeah. or against teams that really can't pass the ball as much. Tennessee's been able to load the box right. and really take away to run and force them to pass it. And, you know, I don't think they're necessarily going to be able to do that with South Carolina with Polinski playing, but I think that's certainly a strategy they're going to do against Kentucky again yeah. this year with, I don't know if we'll still be, <laughs> yeah, right. still be starting Lynn Bowden and a receiver at that yeah. point, but. And then Vanderbilt, another team that can't throw the ball very well, run-heavy team. So I definitely think those games, Tennessee matches up well from a defensive standpoint. You know, I think that's where Tennessee can have success is when they stack the box. And, you know, I think their corners are, not that they always play at the highest level, but are more of the more talented guys on this team. But moving on, we'll move to this week. Uh, A daunting task, I think all of us would agree. What can Tennessee do if anything, Saturday to make this game competitive for, you know, maybe not even a full game, but for a half, for uh, for a quarter. You know, what, what can Tennessee do to have any amount of success Saturday? Uh, I keep thinking it over, and I just I, – now that we've seen Georgia, you know, what they are obviously having some struggles right now. I think that that game obviously gave Tennessee some hope because, I mean, from a talent standpoint, Georgia's just light years ahead of them. Yeah, and they're light years ahead of most of the people they play. Um, I, I don't see this. I don't see that happening against Alabama. I don't see a game where Tennessee jumps out to a lead in the second quarter. I, I, I think we we joked about it and we said we'd bring this up, but the the thing Pruitt talked about yesterday, maybe what do you got to lose? Go out there, try nothing but onside kicks, and if if you're you know around the fifty, go for it on fourth down. Because I mean, t- Alabama's going to score at will. I mean, yeah. it's just. It's going to be hard for Tennessee to slow them down at all. I think the best thing you can do is is try to score yourself. It's Alabama's defense has been suspect this yep. year. I think. I mean they they've blown everybody out, but teams have been able to score on them. I mean, look at Texas A&M last week scored twenty eight. Yeah. Um. So I think go with that. You know, focus on that. You're not going to be able to slow them down defensively. Um. So go out there 
And if Mauer plays, I know we'll talk about it in a second, but if Mauer plays, you know, try to try to score points and, uh, you know, try not to get anybody hurt. Um, and then go into – leave there with your head held high, you know, somewhat <laughs> depending on what the final score is. And then focus on South Carolina, uh, a, a team that, that you, can, you can beat. You know, you got – Three games, three straight games coming up with teams that, that they can beat. So yeah. try try to get out of there relatively unscathed. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I just Georgia and Alabama offensively. I don't think you can even compare what Tennessee can do yeah. defensively against them. Just because you know Georgia has a good offense, but yeah. they're much less of a big play offense. Jake Fromm's going to take what you give them. Right. And Tennessee, that was their game plan. They were going to stay back, kind of been not breaking that game, weren't blitzing much. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Alabama, I think of my lifetime, the most talented offense, or, you know, maybe those USC teams from the mid-2000s with yeah. Liner Bush and um, Mike Williams, a receiver, are really the only ones that can compare yeah. just t- on talent standpoint. Right. I mean, it's it's just a daunting. I don't see yeah. much of a way that Tennessee gets many stops. No, yeah, I guess if you want to put it in anything, trying to hold the field goals, just always to upset things, you know, just try to shorten the game. But yeah. I agree with you. I mean, it's... I think Tennessee, to come away from Saturday's game positively, more than anything, I think Tennessee needs to play well on offense, yeah. continue to show growth. I think, and not that this Alabama defense isn't good by any stretch, they're still right, a top right. 15 defense in the country, but they definitely have more holes than they have in the past. And you've seen teams like Ole Miss and you know Duke, some lesser teams, have a little bit of success yeah. at least scoring against them. But it's 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 going to be a challenge. And like we said, walking in, Pruitt was joking about the Arkansas yeah. team of never punts and always onsides, and I don't really see much of a reason, honestly, not to not onside every single time. I mean, obviously you're going to punt the ball if you got fourth and longs, but I don't think Tennessee's ability to stop Alabama is going to change much if they got to have to no. go 70 yards compared to 40 yards. Yeah. Right. So You know they're going to throw the ball. They're going to be able I mean, to. They're just going to throw it. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, you look at and Tennessee's inside linebackers, I think, are pretty solid players. Just as a whole, their weakness is against the pass. Yeah. And then you, they literally just have two of them, really, that have played significant <laughs> snaps. And Toa Toa is going to miss the first half. So you're going to see Quiveris Crouch, who hadn't played much defense until this August and yeah. hasn't played much inside linebacker, trying to play there. J.J. Peterson, who, ironically, Tennessee won a recruiting battle over Alabama for, but has certainly been yeah. rather disappointing in his first two seasons in Knoxville. It's just I Alabama, I think, is going to be able to run the RPO stuff, mm-hmm. take underneath stuff when they want. And, you know, I, I was complimentary of Tennessee's secondary a moment ago. There are very, very few secondaries, probably under five in this country, that can remotely match up yeah. with Alabama's right. receivers and quarterbacks. So, Well, I, yesterday at Jeremy Pruitt's press conference, too, he pointed this out, and I agree with him. He said there's – there's few NFL teams that could rival that wide receiving yeah. core there. And it's, like you said, there's not – there's really good defenses in the SEC with a lot of good defensive backs. I still don't think there's many that could hang with this. No. You know, not for an entire game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just going to be what it is that Saturday night. And I think, that, like I said, I think Tennessee is just going to have to – do what they can. Take take what Alabama gives them. You know, last year's game, even with Keller Chris, was kind of a game I, I could see Tennessee trying to do something like that. You know, they did lose what, 58 to 21. Yeah. Um, you know, but they came away saying, hey, you know, we 
we had a couple scoring drives there. We came away with a, a pick six, you know. There were a little bit of positives there. And let's move on to, uh, I can't remember who they played, in South Carolina South right Carolina, today yeah. and lost. So I think that that's, that's a huge key. Don't let Alabama beat you twice. You know, don't <laughs> – don't let them beat you so bad on Saturday that it affects you the rest of the year. Because I think that's what we saw last yeah. year. You know, you, you lost that game against Alabama, and then you had a game against South Carolina that you should have won and lost. Can't let that happen for and out. Survive it. Put it away. Get through Saturday night. Don't get everybody hurt or anything like that. And then move on to the games you can win. Because I think that's – I said Mississippi State was huge. The next game that's going to be huge is South Carolina. Because if you lose that game, it's – you got to win out, yeah. I guess. So, yeah, it's... Well, I think the parallels between this part of the schedule this year and then this part of the schedule last year are very similar because you had Tennessee got the big upset win over Auburn, yeah. immediately had to go play Alabama. Tennessee got the big, I don't know how big of an upset it was Saturday, but a big win over Mississippi State, certainly a game yeah. they, they weren't favored to win. And then you have the South Carolina game after that, which I don't know if you want to call it, I mean, it's, it's a must-win of Tennessee for the most part. Tennessee wants to make a bowl game. But it was kind of the same way last year. It was, oh, yeah. Tennessee could, can still potentially make a bowl game if they lose in two Saturdays. But it just makes it a very uphill battle if they're going yeah. to be able to do that. Now, obviously, Tennessee didn't have that loss to Georgia State or or BYU. Or I guess they lost to West Virginia. So they had one non-conference loss last year instead of two. So it yeah. makes everything a little bit more difficult. Right. But... It's certainly, I think there are some parallels between this part of the schedule this year and there was last year. And Absolutely. It's really just about getting past Alabama as healthy as possible. Yeah. With, you know, just not get absolutely embarrassed. You know, like Pruitt was saying yesterday, yeah. Saban's been nice to, nice <laughs> to teams. Because, yeah. uh, like, I mean, I, I think there's, I don't know if they have to try not to score 100 points, but I do think there are a lot of games where if Alabama wanted to score close to 100, they could they score could. close to 100 on Saturday. And it's another thing they brought up yesterday that was very interesting, and we've talked about it, but LSU and Alabama, like somebody asked Pruitt yesterday, did you ever think you'd see a day where these two teams were playing the way they were? You know, Pruitt gave his typical answer, like, oh, well, that's just that's just who they are right now. But, man, it's I, I that game in a couple weeks is going to be huge. I, yeah. And I, I never thought I'd see the day where Alabama and LSU could possibly <laughs> score as much as they are probably going to score. Yeah. Because that's two defenses, like we said, they're still good defenses, but they're not as – that's just not their identity this year. No, no, it's just shows how much college football has changed. And I've always given credit to – Nick Saban, he he adapted to that change, and when he brought in Lane Kiffin to run more spread concepts and throwing the ball, and that was really the death of of Les Miles at LSU. Was he oh, yeah. he's, he never adapted, never got that quarterback situation right. So credit at Ed Orgeron too at the same time for bringing in a new system and, yeah, and no, really yeah. yeah and really buying into playing Joe Burrow's strengths really yeah. uh, is what that's I feel like that's been for LSU, and right. it's worked out certainly for him so far. Um, you know, they, they're going to have a chance to win the SEC West and, and win the SEC this season. So I guess to end it, we'll, we'll give predictions. Of, obviously, I think both of us have Alabama. Um, yeah. You want to want to give us a score prediction? Uh, I'm going to go Alabama 59, Tennessee 24. Okay. I was saying Alabama 52, Tennessee 17. Okay. okay. So similar, similar ballpark. Yeah. I give him an extra touchdown. Yeah. Maybe maybe late in the game. Yeah. 
when Garantana's in there, or Shroud, JT Shroud. Yeah, yeah, certainly. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us this week. We'll have full coverage this weekend of Tennessee's matchup against Alabama, as well as full SEC basketball media days coverage tomorrow down in Birmingham. Thank you for joining us. Y'all have a good rest of your week.